Good morning. Thank you all for joining. This is Cargo Margo, the place where we talk about all things supply chain, entrepreneurship, and sales. Today, I have a special guest, Dave Boring. He's the president of IDS here at NFI Industries. Let's give a warm welcome to Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Good. I, my, everything froze. Yeah, no worries. There's going to you know, always be that tech, especially when we're trying to stream and and run rule live, you know? Yeah, rule of thumb. Absolutely. So <laughs> where are you streaming from? Uh, I'm at home in Morristown, New Jersey, which is the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, and we are thankfully getting rain and not snow. It was it was looking close, but it's currently rain. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's sunny here in SoCal, you know, had to put the sunscreen on this morning, so... <laughs> Don't want to don't right. want to rub it in the <laughs> rubbing it in a little hard. Yeah, that that hurts. It was uh it was like twenty two degrees yesterday morning. It was it was a little rough. That's amazing. So Dave, tell me, you know, I know what you do here at NFI. Could you explain to our audience a little bit about your role here? Sure. Yeah, I run the uh, integrated logistics division here at NFI, which we lovingly refer to as the Island of Misfit Toys. Um, it's all of the disparate businesses that NFI was involved in on the non-asset based logistics side that we've put together over the course of the last 10 years in my tenure here and encompasses our freight brokerage, intermodal, uh, global freight forwarding and trans management services, uh, which is located in about 14 locations around the U S and Canada. Wow. No, it's really impressive. And I had the honor and pleasure to meet you, uh, earlier this year at our annual SAM meeting. And it was really cool to see you speak on a panel, a mini panel for us. And, you know, it was really interesting when you brought up your journey and how you got into supply chain. And I was hoping that you could share that with us here. Yeah, sure. Uh, I joke all the time that I got the perfect degree for the logistics industry, and I got a degree in English literature from uh, the University of Dayton. Really didn't have any idea what I was going to do with my life. Um, I'd always waited tables, uh, so I fell back on that while I was trying to figure out what to do and uh, met a person, a family friend that I ended up playing a bunch of golf with who introduced me to a freight brokerage. It was a company he was doing some consulting work for uh, and I was interviewed, offered a job on the spot, and started actually almost exactly 25 years ago, uh, January 12th, 1998. So fell fell backwards into it, but fell in love with the uh, the atmosphere, the culture, the just the attitude of the of the workforce, and a bunch of people that looked and felt a lot like I did, and knew out of college, and figuring out their way through the world, and. Um, and at that time, it was sort of like I was hooked and uh, I haven't ever been able to extricate myself from logistics ever since. That is amazing. And it's it's a unique journey, right? And so when you think about that journey and you're able to reflect, is there anything you would have maybe done differently when you started your career in supply chain and logistics? So it's an interesting question because uh, I, I feel like I've lived a pretty charmed business life, uh, been at the right place at the right time multiple times. And, and you know, look, I'd rather be lucky than good. Uh, and not to say that it's all luck that's gotten me here, but, you know, leaning into certain types of things that people have offered me or taking risk. Um, I, I think I learned very early on through being a freight broker that there was some value in risk. And it kind of led me to taking some risk in my career, which included leaving 
uh, what was then C.H. Robinson to join NFI and, and start to do this thing here. Uh, I don't think I would have done that without having had that uh, introduction to, you know, business risk taking at an early stage. And so when I think back, I mean, there were a couple of moments where I looked at other startups or things like that, that I might have considered joining over the years. But again, I, I look at all decisions I didn't make. Um, I don't really, uh, I, I really feel very lucky to be where I'm at. And I don't really have very many things, honestly. I know that sounds like too optimistic and fun loving, but truthfully, you know, okay, I've got one. Uh, we, we really screwed up a target, an opportunity with target, uh, back in 2016, we had a, a big startup that just failed. Um, I'd like to go back and redo that one, actually. Um, it, it's just, it's the, it was, it was not a, a, the lowest point in my career, but it is the single biggest failure of my career, uh, by far. It's not even close. And it really jeopardized our relationship with target. And it was a group of people that we all failed together, but, I would really love, I'd love to be able to go back and, and take another shot at that one and do it differently. That's fascinating because when I think about my journey personally and those times that were hard and those times where I feel that I failed, I learned so much reflecting on those times. So I'm sure, and I know that our customers are blessed to have you, Dave. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how, how much they feel that way in 2023. <laughs> so Tell me, how do you stay current in your role? I know that you like to read. Uh, are there books that you've read recently, uh, podcasts that you've listened to, anything that's kind of inspired you and kept you current? Yeah, so um, I not only am uh, weird in that I've got an English lit degree, but I also don't read business books. Um, so I find them really boring and, and that maybe it's the lit person in me. I read a ton of fiction. I love reading sci-fi. Uh, that doesn't keep me current, by the way. So uh, it doesn't really work for this conversation. But no, I read a ton of industry and business-related materials. So, of course, the Wall Street Journal every day. I'm getting uh, news bites delivered to me daily from New York Times, from Bloomberg, from uh, Business Insider, from Freight Waves, JOC. I consume a lot of that. But then I also I read a lot of economic-related data. So I follow a couple of of economists on LinkedIn that post good information. Um, there are a couple that have, have really come out in the last few years as, as wonderful uh, additions to the market. And Jason Miller from Michigan State is somebody who I shamelessly plug anytime I can. Uh, following him on LinkedIn will give you the straight, real dirt, statistically, factually, black and white on what is going on with this economy, what is going on with our transportation economy. Um, and then I, I need to look up the email real quick while I'm talking just to get his name right. But um, Joseph Politano just opened up a new newsletter called Appreciatos Economics. And he is a former, he was in the Fed uh, organization and writes some really good economics like that you can consume, that the average consumer can, can really consume. So I read a lot of that um, all day, every day. I start my morning every day reading three or four or five of these bulletins and maybe dig into a couple of articles through that. Um, but that's really what I use to stay uh, relevant and and up to speed on things. Because really, at this point in my role, leading leaders that lead leaders that lead leaders, uh, my job is to have some view of the future, uh, right, wrong, or otherwise. But we are non-asset based. We move with the market. And so we have to really do a little bit of guessing about where we think things are going in order to have a little bit of an edge 
or a shot at being who our, our customers and carriers want us to be. I appreciate those recommendations and I know that I'm gonna connect and follow them here on LinkedIn. And I think the audience should too, absolutely. And also obviously connect with you, Dave. So I don't wanna to go too dark and dwell on you know that scenario that you were able to give us earlier with the customer. But to kind of go back there, what are some things that you think, you know, maybe one to two things you think that people do in our industry or companies do in our industry that they should stop doing? Oh, there is a long list of things. Uh, you know, look, in the end, I think the bottom line that comes through from that moment and still continues to be is to be real about what your service is. Don't overrepresent or misrepresent what you do. Uh, and in this scenario, we didn't misrepresent what we did, but we were too confident in our own internal skills and abilities to recognize that we're setting ourselves up to fail. And 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 I think that's a big part of it. I always say, if you can't look in the mirror and be be real about who you are, you're going to struggle to succeed. Like we know that we aren't good at certain things as a business and we try to stay away from those things. One, to not overpromise and underdeliver to a customer. And two, specifically to not put our employees in a position where they're trying to support a service that's immature or doesn't represent the customer service value proposition we're trying to espouse to the market. And so there's a lot of opportunity for hype nowadays out there uh, and really not over subscribing to that and just being real about what you can be good at. Nothing wrong with standing on a stump and, and talking about what you're really good at and being loud about that, but like really don't overplay the things that you can't do. That's that's probably my single biggest gripe because we run up against those as competition often. And sometimes we have to watch our customers stub their toe trying to consume something from somebody who doesn't really do it well. And then it ends up causing problems and costing money and all these other things when, you know, it could have been avoided. And so like that, that part of it's hard, right? Businesses want to reach and they want to grow, but you know, it's uh, it's the, probably the most challenging part of our industry today is the platforms exist for companies to misrepresent or overstate what they're good at in a very much more material way than they used to be able to 15 years ago. Absolutely. And that resonates with me. You know, you get really excited about a deal you've been working on, right? The customer finally gives you this opportunity. You're going to want to try to handle it. But I think that, you know, what you mentioned is so important and that's just being transparent and being able to communicate the truth to your customer. Uh, you know, if you can go deep, you can go long. So no doubt, well, definitely and, resonates. And I think it's really, what's at the bottom of all that is relationship. And so like in the end, building good relationships, maintaining good relationships, that's at the bottom of any service industry. And we are in the heart of one of the toughest service industries out there uh, being as blue collar and as, as really tough a job as trucking can be. And so in the, in the grand scheme of things, like we've really got to just be focused on being who we can be and not uh, in order to build that long-term relationship and not overpromise because it will end up shooting you in the foot long-term. And we are looking to do business with customers over decades, not over weeks or months or years. Right. Now, do you want to share a couple, what are a couple of things that are exciting for you uh, coming up in 2020? and IDS here at NFI? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we've we're coming off the single best year in the history of our organization, both uh, at NFI and in in ILS, and um, you know, the twenty three is going to be a challenge for us. Uh, the market is going to be softer. There's more subjectivity in the market, meaning that it's harder to know exactly where you need to be from a pricing perspective to be representative to your shippers and valuable. Uh, and so for us, it's really about reinvesting. So we're going to be focusing and we are all we are is people and software. That's the only thing. So we invest very heavily in both of those things. And from a people perspective, we got a brand new learning and development team that we've been building out and we're going to be focused on educating our, our staff and really getting good at using our systems and then continue building out our systems and data structure to make sure that our, our people know how to be good at their jobs and enabling them to do less mundane, boring crap work and really get them focused on building relationships because our goal for, for our business is to be a world-class account management organization. Uh, we want to be really great at building and maintaining relationships. So we're going to focus really hard on that. I'm really excited about some of the training opportunities we're going to have, some opportunities to be able to give people more experience than they've had in the past and to really figure out how we're going to adapt for the future because you know, the pandemic broke the supply chain. Um, we're slowly watching it kind of get pieced back together. Don't really know what's going to be left when it's all said and done with all the nearshoring and all the stuff that's happening out there. Uh, but we know we need to be flexible and we know we need to focus on being there for our, ship, our shipper partners, carrier partners, depending on which side, wherever they need us and working to play again that long-term game and not focus so much on just this this next six or 12 months that are going to be more challenging than the average average year. It's exciting. And, you know, the customers benefit greatly from these industry experts that NFI, these, you know, you're an industry expert, uh, you know, supply chain logistics uh, better than most, Dave. And uh, the customers don't only reap the benefit, but your leaders reap the benefit. I'm reaping the benefit. I am so proud to be here at NFI and be able to sell these services and assets and uh, the flexibility that IDS offers. It's absolutely amazing. So I think that, you know, as a company and uh, trying to recruit the best talent out there, that just makes us so much stronger. Yep. Yeah. And look, in the end, we don't own anything in, in my division. We don't own anything in ILS. Mm -hmm. So all we have to share with people is this idea of what our position is in the market, what we're seeing being consultative. So it's sort of in our DNA. And obviously that oozes down and out into our organization and, and permeates within our people. And we look to make them better at this every day because I can tell you that I personally, I can't do it all. Right. We need our we need our team to be able to do it and, and to be empowered to do that. And so that we focus on that really, really hard. That's exciting. So let me ask you a couple personal questions. Um, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? Like quiz style of cuisine um, or like or, an actual specific meal? I'm looking for a specific meal. Wow. Uh, that's really tough. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I, I'll pick something just for the sake of picking something. Now, do I have to make it or it just served to me? It could be served to you. Okay. Cause like, I'm going to pick something smoked. I wouldn't want to smoke something all the time, but I will definitely eat. Like I love smoked sausage, like barbecue, like smoked sausage, cornbread, uh, vinegar, coleslaw, something like that would be a meal I could probably eat. 
would be a little awkward for breakfast, but I think I can eat it for every meal. Absolutely. No, that sounds delicious. That makes me hungry. I'm like hungry right now. So what is one of your least favorite jobs you've ever held? Uh, yeah, that one was easy. Paperboy. Um, stuffing circulars into the Sunday paper at 4 a.m. in my garage was brutal. And I, my poor father, you know, at 13 years old, 12 years old, whatever it was, I had a, I've had a full-time job since I was a kid, very, very young. And we used to stand in that garage and stuff 250 Sunday papers and then load them up in the station wagon. And he'd drive me around 4 35 o'clock in the morning. That job sucked. That is hilarious, but I'm sure those memories are going to be with you forever, right? That's that's they pretty will. cool. I used to deliver the afternoon paper. I mean, this is how how long ago this was. I mean, I, most people don't even realize that they used to do two papers a day back before there was, you know, the internet and all these other things. But yeah, I used to deliver the afternoon paper after school and then the I was the sucker that got the Sunday route. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So if you could play one song every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? All My Friends by LCD Sound System. That is so cool, Dave. Yeah. That yeah, is so cool. One of my, I mean, and you can see they're, in the, they're right there in the background. But um, yeah, I've seen them probably five or six times live. Very few songs that make me want to get up and and move more than than LCD sound system and that song specifically. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for taking time out of your schedule to share your journey here at NFI and uh, some personal information about your background. I know I appreciate it, and I feel like I know you a lot better. Uh, where can our audience connect with you, and what's the best place to kind of see uh, you in action. Are you here on LinkedIn or are there any other platform sites? Only LinkedIn. Um, cool. You know, the only other social media is Instagram, but it's a, it's a personal account. It's not a, anything work-wise, uh, but yeah, no, very heavily engaged on LinkedIn. It would be one of the other sources I would say I consume news through, um, especially because the phone algorithm is actually really, really good for that, that work. But yeah, um, feel free to reach out or, I don't, I'm not a big poster of content, so you're not going to get a whole lot by following me, maybe uh, three or four posts a year max. But um, I do really spend a lot of time on there connecting with people, uh, enjoy it a lot. I think professional correct connections are literally the base fundamental of anybody's career. Um, and you can go as many places as you want, but your network will follow you, especially with with products like LinkedIn. So yeah, that's the best ways to find me and uh, and connect with me and you know, I welcome any and all. I love it. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you to our audience for tuning in. And to find out more, go ahead and click on my profile and make sure that you connect with Dave. Thank you all and have Thanks, a great Berta. day. Appreciate mm -hmm. it.